What is going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Evolve You podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brian McEldery. And on this podcast, we discuss health, business, and personal development to evolve you into the best version of yourself. So if you're a first-time listener, if you're a returning listener, we appreciate each and every one of you for showing up every time on this episode um, in particular, which I am so excited. We are bringing on another exciting guest. You guys know how, I'm, how I am about bringing on uh, new people onto the platform. Uh, you guys hear enough of me, right? So how about we bring on somebody that can offer some value from a different perspective? And this brother right here, um, you know, I'm truly appreciative of him. And we met coincidentally through a, a mutual friend, and it was just kind of wild and how he is uh, just grown in his message and how he's healing people and helping people through his own story. So I'm going to welcome him on and allow him to tell his story a little bit. And we're going to dive into an awesome discussion today. So welcome on, Miles. Wow, what an intro. Thank you. Thank you, Dr. Brian. I appreciate you. <laughs> you got it, man. You got it. You got it. So if you if people aren't familiar with you, man, um, you know, I feel like you've grown to a level where we've had a discussion before where, you know, I consider you a thought leader at this point. And if you could tell people kind of, you know, in short, you know, where you're from, uh, you know, a little bit about yourself and a little story, if you don't mind. Yeah. Um, let's go into the story. Story time. Yeah. Um, yeah. So my journey really began after a suicidal depression. And that was the result of a relationship that I didn't know how to be in. I didn't really know what it meant to love somebody else. And it took me a long time to figure out how my beliefs and my thought patterns were conditioned. And especially in today's day and age where I didn't have a role model and I looked up to you know, Dan Bilzerian or guys like that to find a sense of my worth. And I never realized I was searching for that outside of myself. So in the relationship, it just caused a lot of issues. And I'm sure a lot of men and women can relate to relationships in these days, in this day and age, where they're coming across a lot of problems um, and nobody really knows how to deal with it. So after this depression, I realized that I had a lot of work to do on myself. But that work didn't start happening until I took responsibility for my own stuff and stopped blaming other people. And once I stopped blaming other people and blaming my ex and blaming society and whatever else, I realized that all the power that I need is within me. And there's a lot more to that story. So I'm not sure how in depth you want to go or how much time we have, but yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I love that, man. I think that's a great place to start and it opens up a can of worms. So before the episode, guys, we were talking about that, of how much we wanted to share. You guys know that, you know, if we don't talk truth, no, there's going to be no transformation. So we try to be that, that person for you guys that are listening today. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that, Miles. If you'd tell us as well, kind of, you know, you growing up as this masculine man, right? I think all of us maybe some played some sports where we're taught how to be men. Um, who were the influential men in your life? Was it a dad? Was it an uncle? Was it, you know, you had to, you said you had to look outside of yourself, right? From what masculinity truly looked like. And I think that is, is kind of questionable nowadays when people are trying to figure out, especially as a man, what that truly means. So where did you get your inspiration from, or maybe your guidance or mentorship um, in your youth? In my youth, I didn't really have one. Mm. Um, 
I felt like my dad was always working. Yeah. And he was there for me in my younger years, but like I was so consumed in playing soccer and chasing women that I didn't really like have a single person that I looked up to. And so I felt a little bit lost and I was relying on all sorts of external sources that weren't even close to me for guidance. Mm. Okay. So guys, if you have not seen Miles, you know, good looking dude, you know what I mean? So when you grow up and you're like, Hey, you know, I feel like I can get almost any woman that, that I want, um, or, you know, you can start thinking what masculinity is. It's like, I need to, you know, have as many women as I, I desire or want, you know, I'm playing soccer, I'm playing sports, you know, I grew up playing all the sports as well. And we think that this is what defined masculinity, but in truth, what would your definition in your own terms of through the inner work that you've done now, how you would view masculinity before, and then maybe, you know, now what you truly see that is, is what defines maybe a man. Yeah, that's a great question. So before I thought masculinity was um, powerful, dominating, um, just the breadwinner, the, the one who controls everything, mm. um, the person who gets recognition for his efforts, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, now, I like to phrase it in this question. What is the difference between a boy and a man? And the boy gets served by his community and the man serves his community. So the man is outside of himself for the, has a greater vision than just himself. Yeah. So masculinity in that sense would then be serving his community through the sturdiness and the stability that he's able to hold. Mm. Um, men and women are very different. And this is going to be another wormhole for sure, because yeah, yeah. Um, men are, and the ma like the masculine energy is the sturdy canvas on which the feminine energy can paint their beautiful colors. Love that. So they, so they hold, they're the mountain in a yeah. sense. You, they have to be stable enough and not reactive. Otherwise everyone on the mountain is going to crumble. Mm. Right. Uh, so it's serving the community, but there has to be some inner work to be done because we're not raised in a way that allows us to be that sturdy support system. Yeah. Yeah. I love that because I feel like I was raised in the same in the same manner in a sense of the breadwinner or the person that provides and protects. And I don't think we ever dive deep enough to know what that truly means until now where it's exposed in 2020 in a new decade uh, and even in the 2000s in general where you know we're now exposing a lot more of our lives and we're comparing and we're trying to find out who we are and uh, I think is it, it, it's hurting both parties right uh, from a man's perspective trying to seek love and hold on to love for anybody that's married or dating or in relationships or from a woman's perspective that says there's no good men out here anymore or you know the man that they're with isn't who they thought that they could be or should be um and i just feel like that's a great description of what that is 
And that does not make us weak, right? In your, in your eyes. Um, Cause that's viewed a lot of times as, as weakness, depending on how you're looking at it. Are we talking about vulnerability or? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So vulnerability does not make you weak. It takes strength in order to see the parts of yourselves and admit that those parts of you exist, period. Mm-hmm. So there's a level of self vulnerability and then there's a level of outward vulnerability. And you can't have outward vulnerability unless you have it within yourself first. There's a level of acceptance and radical honesty that needs to take place before you can even admit to yourself and bypass, not bypass, but like transcend the ego in that sense, mm-hmm. like integrate the ego within your, within your identity so that you can actually admit your truth. Otherwise your ego is going to come to your protection and you're going to get defensive or deflect. Yeah. Which is a lot of, which is what a lot of men and women do in relationships too, because that's where uh, there's, that's where you get the most tension. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a very emotionally fueled environment. And so the masculine energy, if it gets caught up in his, his or the masculine emotions, um, they're going to start breaking that safe container in which the feminine energy feels safe. So like vulnerability is a very interesting conversation because there's levels to it. Yes. In the begin- I'd like to go back just a little bit further and, and discuss like the history of what's happening in our society today and then how it's playing out in relationships. So when women first entered the workforce, they had to take on more masculine energy in order to compete with men to earn the same wages. And they've been fighting this hard battle for equality for a long time. Mm -hmm. And by adopting that masculine energy, they started identifying more with it. And so when you get into relationships, a lot of women now are finding themselves more masculine than their, than their male partners. And men, let's be real, men are pretty addicted to sex, right? Mm-hmm. And men are peacemakers in a sense. You know, mm-hmm. they don't want to rock the boat or, you know, make their woman emotional or whatever. So they end up doing things for the woman's approval to keep the peace and to keep continuing to have sex. But they... The, the, they're doing it for the woman's approval rather than for their respect. Mm-hmm. So when you get into relationships and, you know, in actually in the, in the business world, men had to adopt more of a masculine, like an even more masculine identity in order to find their sense of balance when women are coming into the workforce. So then they put on a mask, an even bigger mask, and they are started overcompensating so that they can look more masculine than their feminine counterparts. And now take that dynamic into relationships. So now you have women who are adopting more masculine energy and you have men who are overcompensating and trying to be extra uber masculine. So now you have that in, in a combination and women can see right through that. Mm -hmm. Women can see the ego and now they're asking you men, like, please just be vulnerable, open up, let's be real. And that's an amazing catalyst for a lot of the work that's happening today in, in, in men's groups. And, and it's shifting a lot of, of conversations around masculinity into a more like healthy and vulnerable approach, which is necessary. Yeah. However, 
<laughs> yes. There are so many levels to this. Um, think about if you are a woman and you're in a relationship with a man and you've asked him to be more vulnerable with you. There has to be a point at which that vulnerability does not become like consistently emotional. Yes. Yeah. Otherwise, the woman is going to, because the feminine energy wants to feel safe and secure in the masculine presence. And the feminine energy cannot feel safe if they're going to have to continue taking on more of the masculine energy because the man's being more emotional and more vulnerable and all, et cetera, et cetera. So you have to really, like a lot of men are getting stuck in this vulnerability because their partner asked for it. And so now they're doing the work and they really want to. Um, so there's two, two things going on here. One, they're doing it for her approval. And if you do something for someone's approval, you're not really doing it for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so then she's going to lose respect for you. And then you're going to resent her. So you have to be doing things for yourself. And then the second thing is you can't get caught in the, like, uh, you can't get caught in just being vulnerable all the time because that's not actually what masculinity means either. That's good. So you don't want to break the safe container that you've built for her. Yeah. That means, that means you're going to have to go outside of your relationship and talk to your men, not other women, but your men in order to come back to your relationship in a clearer state so that you're not emotionally reacting towards your women. Mm-hmm. And so then you can continue to be that safe space for her. That's good. That's real good, man. I appreciate you lining that out because the points that I got out of that were is exactly what I was about to lead into. So I'm glad you, you addressed that because my next question to you was going to be, you know, we, how we find the woman having to take on more masculine traits now because of, uh, you know, just empowering more women. I, I feel like there's this uh, balance going on in society now where we're seeing our women uh, thriving and progressing and, and using vulnerability to their strength, but having to take on more masculinity because the man has this mask on all the time. And that masculine energy that has to overcome, like you said, we're trying to level up over the woman from history and it's finding us being a detriment to ourselves and, and it's destructing us. It's, it's stressing us out. It's overwhelming us to the point where we're questioning who we even are anymore when we can't even tap into our true selves. Right. So I love that you laid that out that way. Um, kind of going back to your story, if you don't mind, you, you had this depression stage and I think a lot of people are, uh, I don't want to over, looked at because I think a lot of people right now are trying to figure out how they get out of this rut, whether it's relationships, health. I mean, we're the beginning of the year, right? And, and people are trying to start something, but they just can't get out of this rut of their own selves. Um, kind of what were some strategies that you used um, over the time span? And of course, it's still a journey um, of, of progressing and, and evolving, but what does that look like for you? Um, maybe stepwise process or some things you, you came to realize? That's a great question. Um, and I think in order to answer that, I have to give a little background of what it was that I was feeling in the moment and then how to overcome that. Yeah. So 
I felt like I was hopeless, helpless, and worthless. I didn't feel like I had any value. I couldn't contribute. I didn't feel like I could love anybody, and I didn't feel like I could ever be loved. I took on labels that uh, my ex called me like a narcissist. Mm. And eventually I, I began to identify with that. And I thought I was, I thought I was just this like complete piece of shit. Yeah. And so she broke up with me and I just laid in bed for months. And I was also working a, a, a job that I didn't like. And it wasn't, it didn't help that I didn't like myself. And, you know, I was so quiet. I was sitting in my cubicle and, my boss came up to me and at one point said, dude, like, cheer up. You look like you're going to kill somebody. You know, it looks like you're going to come in here with a, with a gun and, and shoot up the whole room. I was like, fuck, you know, if only he knew what was really going on inside me. Exactly. Exactly. So all it, like all the areas of my life are really being affected. You know, it wasn't just a relationship. It was exactly. like, I bled into every area of my life. And I kept distracting myself with things, mm. you know, Netflix or video games or, you know, I even got on dating apps and tried to, you know, fuck the pain away. Yeah. Start swiping away. Some of you guys can yeah, relate to yeah. that probably. Yeah. Yeah. I needed some ego validation to, for something external to me to real, realize my worth again. Mm-hmm. And that was a, you know, that was a pursuit that never ends if you continue to look outside yourself, but at the time I didn't realize it. So the strategies that helped me get out of this was I noticed and I observed at some point the questions I was asking myself Mm -hmm. and I became aware of my own self-talk and the questions I was asking that were like, why did this, why is this happening to me? Why is, why am I such a piece of shit? Can you imagine like the answers that you're going to give yourself when you ask yourself those questions? Mm-hmm. Like, why is this happening to me? Well, I'm a piece of shit. So why am I a piece of shit? Well, because I can't love anybody. I don't know how to love blah, blah, blah. And you're just going to keep digging yourself in a hole that you can't get out of. So it takes a perspective shift in that moment to ask yourself a different question. And luckily for me, it just like the question posited itself on its own. It was like a divinely guided question that fell into my lap one day mm. and it asked, how can I become happy? Simple question. So simple. Love it. And if you can reframe your questions that you're asking yourself and just observe them, you can ask yourself a different question, flip the script, you get a different answer. Your mind is like Google. If you ask a question, it has to answer. Your body is like Google. If you say, where in my body am I feeling tension? You're going to say, oh, shit, right here. Got it. Yeah. You yeah. know? Um, we're very, like, our, we have a lot of intelligence that we don't, we're not even aware of. You know, it's not just mental intelligence. You know, there's heart and body and emotional and all of that. So ask yourselves different questions. And then you have to shift. So this is a huge one, dude. Um, a lot of us are in what I like to call victim consciousness. Mm. And I don't actually like to call it that because I don't even like the word victim. But it is what it is. It's blame consciousness. Yeah. It's 
all my problems are the result of everything outside of myself. And when we do that, we lose, we, we give the power over being able to change it to the external. So the way, the way you see the problem is the problem. The, the way that you fix anything in your life, or change or grow or heal, is by taking ownership of your circumstances, no matter how your life has turned out, no matter what anyone did to you, mm -hmm. there's a way to take ownership. And I'm not saying if somebody raped you, you have to be like, yeah, I deserved that. I attracted that into my life. No. What I'm saying is there is a way to, to view this because you're interpreting the situation in a way where they abused you or they, you, they, mm -hmm. you became their victim. Mm -hmm. But if you were to interpret the situation and like, you can actually show compassion for people that do you wrong. Yeah. If you interpret the situation differently, how hurt and you know, fucked up do you think that person's life was who had to abuse you? And it doesn't change what they did. It just changes how you react and respond to it. Yep. So now you're not becoming the victim of this experience. You're becoming the victor. You're becoming, okay, how can I use this to empower myself? You know, yes, it hurt in the moment and it hurt for that period of time, but now I'm carrying this around with me for the rest of my life and I'm living in the past. So in order to create your future, you can't be thinking from the past. Mm -hmm. You have to, get back to the present moment yeah. and in doing that you have to be able to accept and let go of the past and that comes through looking at it and interpreting it differently so that perspective shift is going to help you get out of this blame consciousness and start taking ownership over your future yeah your future is not in the hands of the people who did wrong, did you wrong in the past wow so, wow um the biggest takeaway I got from that, and many people are probably thinking if they're listening to this, it's like, okay, you know, I think as coaches, as leaders, we, we constantly challenge to think deeper, right? So I'm going to ask both of us in this moment is there are so many people that are constantly on this self-help and self-talk movement, right? Of I'm going to do my affirmations and manifest things and, and these terms and, and, and yoga and all these terminologies, right? But what I find a lot of times is the consistent action that follows or the ability to actually change their environment of either who they're around or their actual environment because it's not serving them anymore. So I think this relates perfectly to you. And guys, if you don't know Miles' story, you know, he has moved around a good bit and he's now relocated to LA, which I think is right up his alley to be around a support system. So he not only changed his perspective, but said, hey, I need to change my whole environment. What some people need to do is to get out of their current situation. So Miles, what do you what do you think about um, people that are maybe stuck right now and saying, hey, you know, I've tried this self-talk. I'm trying to change this perspective. Everything's going so fast in my head, but I just don't see any change. Um, do you think that maybe helped you and it could help somebody else? 
Yes and no. Okay. So, so I realized that in my own journey, the more I tried to change things outside of myself, the mm. more I ended up realizing that I was running away from the real issue. Love that. Yep. So even changing your environment isn't going to change, you know, what's going on inside you. Changing your job, getting the raise, getting the car, getting the new girlfriend, getting the puppy, getting high, getting, you know, feeling the ecstasy through sex, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You change your partner, change anything. It's not going to change anything within you. Yeah. So it's going to be another, it's, it's pretty much destination addiction if you want to label it something. It's like, I got to change this to be happy. No, like in order to be happy, it's coming, it comes from the interpretations we make and the meanings that we assign things. So like, if you're not happy with where you currently live, well, why? Right. And you'll realize that once you go down deep enough, you come to like some belief system you have about it. Oh, this, I don't like my job. My boss sucks. Um, I don't like my town. There's no, like, I don't fit in here, but these are just beliefs that don't actually exist because you are so adaptable. You can be appropriate. You can be, you can, you can change and mold and, and, and grow and evolve into whatever's most appropriate for wherever you're at. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Depending, if my mentality was different back in Atlanta, then I could have thrived there, but I chose to move to LA because I thought that this is where I needed to be. My career is going to blow up, blah, blah, blah. And in a way it has, because then this is where I agree with you because I want to tackle this both logically and spiritually because logically there's a lot of, there's like a huge um, population, a very condensed population of, you know, movers and shakers and change makers here and trailblazers. Like this place is, is amazing for networking. And so I'm constantly being around people who are just grinding and it's mm-hmm. great. Every conversation leads to something, you know? Yeah. Um, and then spiritually, when you get a bunch of high vibrational people in one area, your energy shifts. It's spirit science, you know, it's, uh, we, we start vibrating at a higher frequency and we start attracting more things into our lives that are higher vibrational. Mm-hmm. So even if you do that and you're unconscious of your mentality, you may receive benefits from being in a high vibrational group because as I, who was it? Jim Rohn who said mm-hmm. you are the average of the five people you hang around. Yep. You know, um, it's true. It is true. So before you move, I mean, you could do it either way. You know, I don't want to say, you know, work on yourself before you move, because if you move, that could help you as well, get you into a higher vibrational state. So then you can become aware of what it is that you're working through. Yeah. Um, yeah. I love it. I love it, man. Um, hopefully that helped anyone that's listening right now, because like I said, we love to dive as deep as possible because in your mind, you're like, I'm on this podcast to learn and to grow and I'm not looking for surface level stuff. And I don't like to do surface level stuff because that's already, um, that's enough of that already. in, in my personal opinion, <laughs> so, uh, miles, if you tell us kind of 
what do you do now and how you've transitioned in your work from uh, kind of the cubicle life to now coaching, uh, you know, all different types of people from men and women um, on different areas of their life and personal growth. If you tell us a little bit about that and how that shifted and transitioned to find what you, you love truly now. Dude, this has been such a journey. Um, yeah. And it's, it hasn't even been a year. Amazing. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, it's funny to think about. Um, I was very much depressed at the beginning of last year. Mm -hmm. And I started writing a book. Mm -hmm. And I was actually just writing my, my, the things I didn't like about myself. Mm -hmm. And then I started expanding on them. Why do I think that? Why do I think that? And then I got all the way back to my childhood. And then I was thinking about how my parents were raised. And so... I learned so much about myself by writing this book um, for a couple reasons. One of them being that when you put pen to paper, you're like, instead of typing, when you put yeah. pen to paper, you're actually processing your thoughts. You're spending more time with every stroke of the pen. Yeah. So now, you know, with, instead of letting a thought come through your head, um, you know, really quickly, you're writing it down and you're processing it. And then by doing that, you get access to parts of your subconscious that you weren't even aware of. Mm -hmm. Memories start flooding through. You get, you can tap into emotions that you haven't even felt in years. And so I started writing this book and I got so much like self-awareness from that because I was just being brutally honest with myself. And then I started posting on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Just like I was so passionate and I still am. I'm so passionate about helping other people come out of that dark place mm -hmm. and just radically transform their lives. Cause I've been there, you know, yeah. it's, it's one of the scariest things that you can imagine like that. There's no point to living. Yeah. So I wanted to share what I learned because I thought it was so powerful and it started taking off. Yeah. It started taking off on Instagram. Um, and at the time I also, coined myself the former fuck boy mm -hmm. and those of, for those of you guys listening who don't know my story um i got into a pattern of sleeping with women to find my worth and we can definitely go into that story in a lot of deeper detail but for the sake of adding value to this conversation um i had to evolve past that in order to become the man i wanted to be yeah so at some point during my journey, I actually went on a men's retreat and I didn't really have that conscious support system of men. Yeah. People doing the same work that I was doing, helping heal the world by healing themselves. And when I had that, I realized I had an epiphany that I was carrying around this lingering energy from the past carrying around this former fuckboy label that still attached me to my past. And I can't create my future if I'm still living from the past. Mm -hmm. So I realized that I had to shed skin like I asked my clients to do. And as soon as I did that, the next blessing appeared. You have to close the door to open the next one. You know, you have mm -hmm. to let go of the past in order to claim the future. So I did that and 
I started, like everything started shifting for me, not only with my clients, but in my own belief systems. And that's really the root of the work that I do with people is helping them shift their belief systems, make the subconscious conscious, right? So it's becoming aware of patterns that that are in your life. And those patterns are communicating to you what it is that needs to be worked on mm-hmm. and a lot of people can't see the patterns because they're so ingrained in the subconscious through the habits that they've developed over the course of their lives so we bring awareness to those habits and those habits are saying hey like look you know you're choosing partners that aren't serving you so what does that mean right you're choosing partners that you're choosing partners that you have to take care of mm-hmm. right and we draw awareness to what that truly means. And that means that you're finding your worth in providing for somebody else because that's what makes you feel safe and you feel like you have value and that they're not going to leave you if you hold that position in that relationship. Yeah. You're not actually entering relationships with the intention of being valued for who you are, not what you can provide. And so there are so many examples like that in different variations where people are like, Oh, that makes total sense. But now that I'm aware of it, what do I do? Because awareness isn't enough. Knowledge isn't enough. You have to embody that and turn it into wisdom. And you do that through reprogramming your belief systems. And you do that through new habits. You have to make new choices. Every new choice that you make is a level up Mm -hmm. because you broke a pattern. You break the pattern enough and you develop a new pattern. So you, in, you basically install a new program into your subconscious mind so that you can then trust your subconscious fully. And when you can trust your subconscious fully, then you don't have any resistance. You're not having any cognitive dissonance between what you think you should and shouldn't do. You already know, and it just becomes easy. You can make decisions on the, on the flip of a dime, right? Yeah. And when you can do that and you don't have any resistance, because resistance is the root of all suffering. Exactly. Then you have freedom. You have inner peace, and that is what everyone wants. Wow, man, I uh, I think that's so powerful uh, the way you broke it down. Just because, guys, if you're watching this on video, if we decide to do this on video, but definitely if you're listening wherever you are now, I'm not in my head because uh, in this moment I do feel like Miles and I are are on the same vibrational level because I'm resonating exactly with what he's saying that is processing in my mind of how I would verbalize it. So it's, it's just amazing that you have these conversations and these friendships in this uh, community that you can build and have people in your circle that um, are doing the same work and you're able to serve and help at a higher level. So Miles, I appreciate you for that, man. Um, with that note, man, I thought that was so powerful. Um, kind of tell people, where they can find you, uh, where they can reach you, what work you're doing right now, and maybe how you're evolving. And that would uh, wrap up today's episode and give us a powerful ending as well. I appreciate that, Brian. Thank you so much for having me on. Uh, It's been a real pleasure connecting with you uh, this past year and being on this this episode with you. You got it, man. Um, Everyone that's listening or watching, you can find me at the Miles Scott. And that's Miles with a Y on Instagram and Twitter. Um, what I'm doing right now is I have a couple things brewing. And as I'm evolving, my work is evolving too. My business is evolving. 
Um, so I'm remaining flexible to create space for what's next. And what's next is I've had really incredible success in this program that I'm doing called the gauntlet. And the gauntlet is how is a basically an emotional boot camp. It's a mind, body, soul obstacle course in a sense. Love it. And it's very psychological and you get into this container, the safe container where you get to work on yourself and it encapsulates life, but in eight weeks. Mm-hmm. So everything that you really face in life, you get to face in eight weeks. And it's only for those people who are really ready to face themselves because it, it's very challenging. Um, but the people that have graduated from the gauntlet are, have major transformations in their lives. Um, so the gauntlet is going to be scaled and I want to serve more people with the gauntlet and help them discover the patterns that they need to break in order to have that unwavering self-belief in their unlimited potential. Yeah. Step into fear, step into chaos, step into uncertainty, make your life what you want it to be and stop limiting yourself with thinking that you can't do it because you can. And all you got to do is, do it. Make one new choice. Start reprogramming that subconscious. Just make new habits. Yeah. And learn how to overcome your reactions, overcome your triggers. Learn what it's really saying about you in that moment. Not about who you are, just how you're reacting. So the gauntlet is, is going to be um, is my main focus right now. And that's going to turn into retreats. It's going to turn into workshops. It's going to turn into courses, um, you know, domestic and international trips, that kind of thing. I want to really unite. Like my vision is to unite people through the common goal of, of their evolution. Cause having a soul tribe, having a community of people that understand you, that see you, that love you, that hear you, that is so important because there's an element of co-regulation that happens. And we didn't discuss this, but um, self-regulation is, you know, how you, if you get triggered, how do you handle that? Do you react immediately or do you self-regulate? Do you breathe? Do you take a deep breath? Do you pause? You know, those kinds of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Meditation and and yoga and that kind of stuff. Uh, Co-regulation is where you do it with a group so now you start feeling safe around other people again in a vulnerable environment. And now that, that's where some of the most unbreakable bonds are formed. So I want to, I want to create that on a larger scale. Yeah. Um, and I want to help people like break their patterns faster than they think is possible and become the person that they want. So they're not missing out on life. Love it. Love so it man. That's where I'm at. And again, Dr. Brian, I appreciate you having me on and I hope that we can connect again soon. You got it, man. I I appreciate you and sharing that. So guys, if you want to reach out to Miles, um, all of his information will be down in the show notes. If you're watching this, if you're listening, wherever you are in the world, hopefully you have gotten value from this episode. Go back and check out our other episodes. If you did feel value, go ahead and rate and review the podcast. And again, uh, Miles has his gauntlet and amazing things that he has coming. So go support him on all his social platforms, which will be linked down below. Thank you guys so much. And we'll see you in the next episode.